<clears throat> Hello everyone and welcome back. This is the Mindfulness with Art podcast. I'm so glad you're here today with me today and uh, I'm glad to be with you. Uh, so I wanted to um, discuss something this afternoon which, which is um, kind of really important to this whole thing. Um, you know, a lot of times it's like... I think when people get into a mindfulness practice, they're kind of looking for some kind of results that they can sort of measure and, and sort of see whether it's kind of working or not, you know, and, uh, and that's where it gets tricky, okay, because um, <clears throat> the thing is that mindfulness practices, they don't, they don't change, you know, sort of your consciousness, you know, they don't change that thing, which is the observer of everything that happens in your life. Okay. And so, so for that reason, it kind of becomes hard to, to see where things change or don't change. And it's hard to see the effects of mindfulness. And so, so really the only way to tell when things have changed or, or how things have changed is when you see yourself reacting to things or responding to things differently, or I could even say responding as opposed to reacting to things. Um, but it's only in that space where you're, you know, you're, the difference in how you um, react or, or relate to things in your life or situations that arise is where you're really going to see the difference <clears throat> of you know, from before and after from your mindfulness practice. So, <clears throat> so to illustrate that, I'm going to tell a couple of stories here. Um, so, you know, you, you may, I mean, if you've heard any of my earlier podcasts, you, you know, certainly that I've, I've referred to, um, you know, a, a time in my life where, you know, I was, um, I was very, very reactive and I was, uh, pretty, um, you know, prone to anxiety, prone to stress. I was very, very stressed out at one point in my life. I was, you know, a hundred pounds overweight. I had a drinking problem. I was uh, self-medicating. I was in, I was a pretty much a mess. And now I'm not suggesting that all of you out there are that in that kind of situation or that you need to be in that situation to, to really um, benefit from mindfulness. But I say that only to show you how extreme it was for me and how far things have come. Okay. Um, and it, and it got so bad that even at one point I had a, uh, an employee at a cafe that I owned, um, who created a coffee drink and named it in my honor, the angry art. Okay. And so, and as much as I, I don't ever feel as though I was like really that angry per se, um, <clears throat> I certainly don't, um, I certainly don't feel that she was wrong, okay, because, yeah, I mean, I had a temper, and I, you know, it wasn't so much coming from a point of anger as it was coming from a point of stress and anxiety, but nonetheless, it was there, okay, and um, <clears throat> and one of the ways in which that was so prevalent for me um, was with driving, okay, I always, always, always was prone to um to the sort of road rage, right? Like I was the guy who would, you know, roll down my window and scream at the other driver. <clears throat> you know, I was, um, you know, I never, <clears throat> pardon me, I never got into like a, a fist fight or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that it would be impossible. Like if, if the occasion arose, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the kind of thing where I'd say, oh no, I can't get into a fist fight. Like it was, you know, it was only circumstances that didn't allow that to happen, you know? And, um, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, this happens a lot. Like I remember one morning, um, I was so enraged on a, uh, you know, Christmas morning, uh, my wife and I were headed 
heading out for a, you know, like a four hour drive to go to my parents' house, <clears throat> pardon me, after, um, after her father, her stepfather came over the night before to celebrate Christmas Eve at our house. And, um, and we were, you know, probably a little hungover and, you know, and I don't remember exactly what triggered things, but, but, you know, certainly her father, her stepfather would, would trigger me in all kinds of ways. Um, and so I became so triggered and so enraged that, um, that I was, I was driving and I was like in this, such an angry and, and reactive place and, um, and a driver, you know, kind of, um, you know, wouldn't let me in. Like I was trying to get on the highway and, and like there was no other cars on the road. So it was like, you know, the dude could have easily, you know, changed lanes and like accommodated me. And, you know, but instead I had to slow down and it was like, it was this whole thing with, you know, now I wouldn't think anything of this and it wouldn't trigger me at all. But at that moment when I was already in this very, you know, triggered place, <clears throat> I got so angry at this guy that I actually drove up alongside of him. Okay. Uh, Christmas morning. I opened my window and took the full 16 ounce cup of coffee that I had and I threw it at his car, just spreading coffee all over his windshield. <laughs> and then I drove off, you know, what a jerk, right? So anyway, um, you know, that's, that's the level at which I used to feel rage when I would drive. Okay. Like very, very seriously road rage was, was a, a huge, huge issue for me in my life. So as I've said in this podcast a few times, I've now been for the last, you know, five, six years. Now, this was this moment was um, was the probably two years before my daughter was born, actually, maybe three years before my daughter was born. That just so happens that today, February 16th is my wedding anniversary, my 14th wedding anniversary. And um, and I believe this happened probably in the first year that we were married. So uh, so it had been you know, 14 years ago. Okay. And, um, and so for the last five, seven years or so, I have studied mindfulness and I practice mindfulness and I have, um, I've become a much different person. So, so this kind of thing is long, long gone from my life. But, but at that time, you know, it it wasn't. So, so anyway, um, Fast forwarding now to about a year ago, and I was riding my bicycle here in Denver, and um, and at one point, now I used to be a bike messenger in New York City, so I definitely know how to ride a bike in the city with, you know, with very high consciousness and awareness of all the cars around me and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So it wasn't like, I, I know for a fact that I wasn't in anybody's way, you know, like there was plenty of room around me and that kind of stuff, <clears throat> but... But there was a driver on the road who who was so, you know, sort of upset with with the fact that I was riding where I was in the in the road. It's kind of hard to explain, but there was kind of like, you know, two lanes are turning right. You know, they like have to turn right and the other two lanes are going straight and like and I wanted to go straight. But I was like sort of riding like right on the line of the turn only lanes. And so, you know, so there were two lanes there. So the guy could have easily taken the right lane, but for whatever reason. And he felt he wanted to be in the left lane and he felt that I was in his way. And so while riding my bike, um, this guy came up maybe five feet behind my my bicycle and he just wailed on his horn. I mean, I'm talking just like held the horn for like five seconds, you know, and then like over and over and over, like right behind me. Now, um, 
you know, now obviously this is a big deal when you're on a bike, you know, cause I mean, I, you know, this guy could have killed me, like very easily killed me, you know, um, it's not like being in another car where it's just financial damage, you know, when you're on a bicycle, you know, it's like, it's life or death, you know, um, or certainly like getting paralyzed would be like, no, you know, it, it wouldn't take much, you know? So, so, um, so not only was that a factor, but <clears throat> also, you know, um, so, so not only was I f- afraid, you know, and, and, and so that would have, like in the past, that would have only increased the level of, of sort of rage that I would have felt, right? And so, so going back, you know, if, if we were back even, you know, eight years ago, you know, I would have, at very least, I would have turned around and given the guy the finger or I would have, you know, I would have just wrote, ridden in front of him and like dared him to hit me and like, you know, going to sue him, that kind of stuff, you know, or I would have let him pass and I would have followed him to the next red light and I would have like taken my bike lock and slammed it into his car or something like that, you know, like that's the kind of guy that I used to be. And I'm, I'm telling you this just completely honestly, um, just to illustrate this story. Okay. Um, but what happened was, and, and it was like the kind of thing where I didn't even, you know, I couldn't even believe it myself. Okay. But, um, but what happened was instead of any of those feelings, right? Like, like, you know, like just even the, the basis of the feeling of, like turning around and, and like giving the guy the finger or anything like that, you know, the very basic feeling that I had, and I'm talking immediately, like it was no, like I didn't have to like say, okay, think for a minute, like breathe and, and calm down, make sure you don't get upset. You know, it was nothing like that. It was just automatic. I just immediately thought like, wow, this guy, this guy must be in such pain over something that he's this angry over such a, an insignificant thing in, in his life. And I feel really, really bad for him, you know, and, and instead of wanting to bang my, my bike lock into his car, it was like, I wanted to stop and give the guy a hug, you know, and seriously, that's, that's exactly what I felt. And, uh, and I never even looked over my shoulder at him. Like I I don't even still to this day, know, you know, I did look to make sure that he turned just to make sure that I was safe, you know, but like after the fact and, um, you know, so so all I know is that he was driving like an older red car, and that's that's all I know about him. I don't didn't see his face. I didn't see what he you know like. I don't know. Honestly, I I only think it was a guy. I don't even know. You know, so like I couldn't tell you if it was a guy or a girl or or how old or or you know how many people in the car. You know anything like that? It literally, I just I didn't even concern myself with it. Okay. And I just, you know, I just kind of, and again, this was not something that I had to think about. And that's really the difference that I'm talking about. Okay. So, so when you're in a place that you practice mindfulness and you, and you develop the sort of mental habits of compassion and, and empathy that come through practicing mindfulness, right? It's, it's again with the reaction that you see how much it's worked. Okay. And, and I guess that was the first time that I had really been challenged at that point because, um, or maybe it's just the only one that I can remember, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I absolutely had no, absolutely no instinct to do anything, but keep riding my bike and thinking compassionate and empathic thoughts for this human being. All right. So there's another story <laughs> that also includes riding a bike, and this one comes in a much different uh, variety. So, um, so one day I'm uh, I'm at my house, 
trying to get some work done and I get a text from my wife and um, now prior to this about this was maybe about uh, seven or eight months ago and um, and prior to that about six months prior to that she had texted me while I or called me while I was at the store and said I locked my keys in the car and we're stranded me and the kids so can you come and help us with the extra key and it was like at that point she was actually like about a 15 mile ride away from me <laughs> and so and it was the middle of the summer and and you know and in Denver which means like a lot of hills and stuff like that and I literally rode to the point of exhaustion to getting her and the kids into the car you know and um and so this time you know a few months later she calls and she's she's like or she texts me and I'm at home and she says I don't even know how to tell you this but I locked myself out of the car again the keys are inside and we're stranded can you come and help us and you know and I'm, I'm good natured about it you know and again that's not the story like this is you know my family is my family and that's always been the case you know now I in the past I definitely might have been irritated and told her I was irritated and so that's a benefit of mindfulness in and of itself but check this out so so she she tells me that she's only you know she's at the uh, Michael's art supply store which is like maybe three miles away from where we are and I'm like oh that's no big deal I'll be right over you know and um, now it had been raining in the morning which is very rare here in Denver we're practically in the desert in Denver and um, and so we get like 300 days of sunshine out here and uh, and so this was one of the rare times where it was raining all morning. And I, I had just assumed that I wasn't going to ride my bike that day, which which wasn't great, but it was OK, you know, whatever. And um, and so but but about an hour or so before she she texted me, the skies had actually cleared and it stopped raining and the sun was actually coming out. And um, and I was like, wow, what a fortunate thing. You know, here she's here she is telling me that she needs something. I had already decided that I wasn't going to try to ride, but I love to ride and I like to get the extra exercise. So I was like, this is great. This is an excuse to ride. Perfect. And so, so I was like, I'll be right there, babe. And I, I, you know, I got on my bike and I started riding and, um, I got to a point where I was like, you know, you had to kind of go under a road. And so when they, when they send you under a road, there's always this real sharp turn that they make. And it's like, a, it's almost like, uh, let's see, uh, 180 to 30, I guess, whatever, three quarters of 360 degrees, right? Like that's the turn you have to make. And so, um, and so I was, I was got a good, you know, got a good speed and rhythm going. And I was like, going to be the hero and, and go and save my wife and kids. And I was feeling real good about it. And, um, and so I'm going down, you know, it's like a downhill thing. And then this real sharp turn. And like, I was, I was, I was in the turn and I had my, my bike at like maybe a 45 degree angle. And, um, and I was going around this turn and then I see in front of me and it all happened so fast. There was nothing I could do, but, but I, there was a, you know, the, the area where I was had been in shadow the whole day. So it was still very wet on the pavement. And as soon as my tires hit that wet pavement, the bike just went out from under me and I slammed into the ground with full force. I mean, I'm talking about full force. I mean, broke my helmet in like cracked it wide open and um, and my collarbone broke like a twig. Like it just I, I you know, it was one of the most painful things I can remember happening to me. And uh, and I knew right away I was like, damn it. I, I just totally busted my something. You know, I didn't know 
what, but I busted myself. My arm's hanging down. I can't even lift it. I can't even lift my bike back up. So I call my wife. I was like, you know, I'm only like half a mile from you, but I need you to walk over here and help me because I just broke my something, you know? And so, and so of course she and the kids now walk along the side of the road and it's this whole thing. And, um, and then we walk back to the car, you know, together, you know, they're helping me with the bike and I'm just kind of walking and, uh, holding my arm up and, and like, just, you know, not even knowing how bad this was and stuff. And so, so one of the things that's always been the case for me is, um, is that, you know, when something's wrong with me, I always feel like I want the world to bend to my needs. Okay. And that's been historically a thing for me. Okay. Um, so like if I'm, you know, at a hotel and I'm not getting what I need, like I'm, I'm like calling a manager right away and I'm like indignant and I'm, I'm putting up a big stink and, and I'm like that guy, you know, at least I used to be. Um, and, and so being in the hospital would have been no different. Okay. And the few times that I've been in the hospital, you know, I'm the worst patient you can think of. Okay. And, and I just, I would, you know, I would always, um, you know, be the kind of guy that would, you know, just yell at nurses or, or like I said, at a restaurant or hotel, I would like yell at a server. I would, I would, you know, just like, you know, treat people like crap most of the time. And I'm not saying this with any kind of pride. I mean, believe me, um, I'm not happy about this at all, but, but it, it's the way that I used to be. And I'm just being honest with you here, my friends, because this is important that, that I can be transparent and honest with you. Um, because if you're to believe me in what I'm telling you about this mindfulness, you know, I need you to, to at least trust me. And so, so as much as it hurts me to tell you these things about myself, you know, it's really how I used to be. And, um, and again, I guess that's why this lady that I hired called me angry art. You know, I mean, this is all kind of, you know, uh, tied in, but again, I don't think this was so much an anger issue as it was an entitlement issue. Like I always felt like I was entitled to what I wanted right now. And if I didn't get it, I fought for it and I fought hard and I fought dirty and I fought nasty. And, um, and so the hospital would have been the exact kind of situation that that would have happened. Okay. And so, so here we were, we drive down to the hospital and we go into the emergency room and I'm sitting there and the nurse is like, you know, like, you know, she's doing the best she can and I'm in a lot of pain. I mean, a lot of pain, you know, and, uh, and, but it was just, it was amazing. Like unlike any other situation I've been in, in that kind of, uh, context, I literally, it felt as though I was watching somebody else go through it. Like I had this detachment where I felt like it was like I was a third person in this whole thing. Okay, like it wasn't me sitting there, it was somehow somebody else. And I was like just watching everything happen as though I was watching a movie. Okay. And um and so while I sat there in this incredible amount of pain, right, the, the nurse was like, Okay, I'll be right back with some ibuprofen. You know, now normally I would have been like, Ibuprofen, are you kidding me? Give me some morphine, lady, you're crazy. I'm I'm in pain here. Help me, help me, you know, and, and literally that's what I would have done. And I, I have other stories from being in the hospital with injuries that, that that's what I was doing, you know? And, um, and I was a total jerk about it. I'm being honest with you, total jerk. Um, but here I was and I was like, okay, I guess, you know, I'll wait for the ibuprofen. It's whatever, you know, I'm in a lot of pain, but I'm not going to, you know, whatever it didn't, it wasn't like I had to sit there and say like, be nice to this lady and don't, don't freak out or anything like that. It just literally just never occurred to me to be angry about it anymore. Okay. And then (laughs) she forgot about me. 
She she literally like she walked away and then I was like I was going down to get an X-ray and I passed her and she's like, oh my gosh, your ibuprofen. I'm so sorry, I forgot. I'll I'll leave it in your room for you. You know. Now again, in the past, I would have like it never would have gotten to that point. I would have been screaming and, and like, let me see the supervisor. I'm going to get you fired. You're horrible. You know? And again, I'm not telling you this out of any kind of pride. I mean, I'm really, really not. It, it used to, it used to embarrass me after the fact, but, but this is the truth. And, um, and so I sat there and I went through this whole process and never once did it even occur to me to get into that place. Instead, I, I, I said to the woman, I was like, I was like, I know you're very busy and I know there's a lot of people here with a lot worse things than me. And, you know, I am in pain, so I would love the medication, but really it's not, you know, like, don't, don't go hard on yourself that you forgot. You know, that's literally what I said to this woman. And like, and I, I said it and I looked at myself and I was like, who the heck are you? Like, what? Who is this? And that's what I'm trying to say about this mindfulness thing, about how it's when you, when you see yourself reacting in a different way than you would normally have reacted, that's the point at which you see how much mindfulness practices are working for you, okay? Um, you know, I'm just trying to illustrate this for people because, you know, again, you know, a lot of people start doing this and they're kind of like waiting for some sign that something's working, like to feel differently or to, to like, you know, like some indication, like, and it doesn't really happen like that. You know, like, like if you go to the gym, right, you, you go every day to the gym for, for six months, you see different muscles in you, right? You see a physical change, right? So that doesn't happen with mindfulness, okay? Because it just doesn't work that way. It only works when you see yourself, you know, reacting differently or responding differently to a situation in which you would have responded in one way, and now you're responding in another way. And, and again, it's, it's specifically in the way that you do not have to, like, you know, make yourself do something, right? It, it has, in either of these cases, and in many others, there's never been this sense where, like, I had to stop and say, Art, don't do what you usually do. Like, you know, art, stop and take a breath. Art, do this. Art, do that. Now, that that happened in the beginning, right, with like Siberian North Railroad, as I talked to you about the other day, you know. But at this point, after a few years of really practicing this stuff, it gets to the point where you don't even have to think about it. It literally becomes a new instinct for you. Okay, and this is one of the most beautiful, wonderful effects of mindfulness that I can tell you is is just it's it's like miraculous. And it's like, you know, and it's this kind of thing that makes me get up every morning and try to spread this this mindfulness practice through everyone that I can reach. Okay, because because if we could all because, again, you know, even if you're not this really angry art kind of person. And even if you don't have these kind of tendencies in yourself, whatever you do have and, and whatever things in you are not like absolutely exactly the way that you want them to be, you can change it and you can change it very, very simply. Okay. It just requires a little bit of practice and, and the sustained level of practice of, of just keep doing it over and over and over until it becomes a permanent habit, which is what it is for me now.
Um, so I hope that makes sense, and I hope that I'm I'm getting through to some people out there. Um, I know that it's uh, you know this stuff is like kind of you know it's not the most exciting stuff in the world, and I hope that my stories are are at least uh, <laughs> at least making you somewhat entertained. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is I know there's lots of other podcasts that are that are out there that are very interesting, and um, and I just I, I thank you for listening to mine because because to me this stuff is so important and. Uh, and I really hope that it can help people out there um, in the way that it has helped me. So uh, with that, I'm going to sign off and I'm going to tell you, as I always do, from the bottom of my heart, from every bit of honesty that I have, that I wish you well. Okay? Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.